It's time once again for the Worship Ministry Catalyst Podcast with your hosts, David Lindner and Kevin Cruz. Worship Ministry Catalyst is a resource for all worship leaders and team members serving in the local church. Take a seat at the table and join the conversation as David, Kevin, and their guests discuss all things worship, from team dynamics to technology to song selection. Feel free to poke fun at David's hair, talk football, or bring up other topics that have nothing to do with worship. We want to add your voice to the conversation. Find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash WMCatalyst. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst. Or just head over to worshipministrycatalyst.com and drop a note in the comments section of any episode. And now, it's time for the show. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast. This is going to be episode 165. 165? I'm hoping that's the right number. I should have checked beforehand. See, we got all off track on the last three that we did. Yeah, because we we record them and then post them out of order. Yeah, (laughs) but but then this, this one is not the first one that's going up. There's one coming up right before this one. Oh. That we're going to record in a minute after we're done interviewing okay. Zach. That's right. So we're recording two episodes today, and this is three f- episodes today. We're doing three episodes yeah. today. Oh man. <laughs> oh boy, it's time to buckle up. <laughs> okay. So yeah, hey, whatever episode this is, welcome. <laughs> we're glad you're here. We don't know what episode it is. That's we're, okay. We're professionals. We've been doing this for a long time. Although I don't, I don't know. I don't think we've ever been paid for uh, for doing a podcast. No. So we're we're still technically amateurs. We are we are very uh, seasoned amateurs who've been doing this for uh, what? What's it been? Seven years? Something like that. Seven years. Uh, so this coming May, it'll be eight. Eight years. Yeah, man. We're getting old. Yep. Uh, Today, by the way, yes. is my three-year anniversary here at this church. Hey! Yeah. Happy three years. So, anyway, here we are, episode 165. Or whatever. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we uh, we have a, a new artist we want to introduce you to. At least it's, it's probably new to a lot of you. It may not be new to all of you. Um, and this is Zach Loomis, who's on the phone. Hey, Zach, how you doing? Hey guys, how are you guys? Doing good, Zach. Good, Thank good. you for joining us on the Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast. And uh, just a quick plug for our listeners: uh, want to let you know, uh, uh, David and I had an opportunity to listen to um, Zach's uh, album, and uh, um, I got to say, really, really great stuff. Some great songs. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll get into all that later in the episode. But uh, just first and foremost. Uh, Wanted to uh, uh, give a shout out to Zach and thank you for the songs that you wrote in this album that you put out. Oh man, thank you. That means a lot. Appreciate that. Well, so uh, first, let's maybe let's get started with uh, where people can find you. Let's get that right off the bat, so people know where to go look for you. They can be looking that up while they're listening to the podcast. Yeah, yeah. People can uh, check out the website. It's uh, ZachLinus uh, Z-A-C-H, and then we have some, right? Yeah, Z-A-C-H, and then Loomis is L-O-O-M-I-S. Uh, and then we have uh, just some videos on uh, YouTube where people can check out, and then everything's on iTunes and all the different spots where uh, everyone buys all their music. Cool. 
Hey, Zach, totally random question. So there's this uh, elderly lady at our church named Mary Loomis. N- any relationship to a Mary Loomis in Vancouver, Washington? <laughs> Not that I know of. But, oh. uh... Okay. Maybe, probably. I was like, I was like, man, maybe she's like your great aunt or like, you know, great, great, <laughs> I don't know, something. Okay, well, now I have to ask, do you have any relation uh, to any Loomises in Southeast Ohio? Uh, more than likely. <laughs> we kind of spread all over the place, probably. Well, um, so, so here's, I grew up in Southeast Ohio. So that means two things. I'm an Ohio State Buckeyes fan. Uh oh. Okay. And I where um, where at? Where at in Southeast Ohio? Jackson, down by Chillicothe. Oh yeah yeah okay. And then um, I'm also a Cincinnati Bengals fan, and this is where the rub may come in. <laughs> Are you a Browns fan because you live in Cleveland? Well, here, here's the deal: if you're in Ohio, if you live or have ever been in Ohio. Uh, there's always going to be the divide, but since we're in Cleveland, we just stick to uh, just liking basketball. It's easier on our hearts, <laughs> and it's easier on everything. All right. So uh, I don't claim the Browns, but I just claim to live near them. That's it. Wow, that's that's a good answer. That's a very politically correct answer. <laughs> good job. That's great. So you Thanks. just stick it, stick to basketball, uh, um, purely NBA basketball or college basketball? No, no, it's all NBA. Yeah. If if LeBron's there, it's all good. <laughs> if he's not there, it's scary. So right, yeah. So how did you feel when you know he left for Miami for whatever it was, you know, four or five seasons, and then he came back? I mean. Did, did the city welcome him with open arms, or was everyone like, oh, this guy's back? How did that go down? No, I think it was a little mixture of both. Uh, I think, especially Ohio fans, we're so fickle that he can pretty <laughs> much do anything he wants, and we'll, uh, we'll be on board. So I didn't, it wasn't a huge, huge deal. <laughs> See, I'm still offended. We talked about that a little while ago. It's like... <laughs> I'm wounded. He grew up in Ohio. He was all over the news as a high school athlete, yeah, yeah. you know, and all that stuff. And then, and then he's just like, "Oh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go play for a better team." See Ohio, Ohio fans later. So I never. No, I, I think a lot of people they were burning their jerseys for sure. Yeah, but I think they put the jerseys back together and taped, <laughs> you know duct taped the jerseys back and wore them to the game when he came back. That would be awesome. They should they should show pictures of that if anyone has actually done that. <laughs> like try try yeah try to like uh, reassemble their LeBron jerseys. Yeah, yeah. Did did he get the same jersey number when he came back? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Oh. Well, but I think it's still it's Michael Jordan's number forever. It's not LeBron's number. Okay, so. right. <laughs> there will never be anyone greater. No one there, better. Never ever. Well, hey, so uh, let's get let's get into let's talk about you a little bit. If you can, you give us a little uh, background information on yourself. You know, talk about um, your your history, maybe as a worship leader, how you got started in this whole music business, and then yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, after that, we'll get into the kind of the history a little bit behind the album. Yeah, totally. Uh, I uh, I grew up a pastor's kid, uh, so uh, being. Uh, in church and at church, you know, twenty four seven was kind of, it's kind of the norm for me. Right. Um, 
So with my dad being a pastor and then my mom, uh, she had, she was a music minister at the time, uh, growing up, uh, I have three siblings, so we had no choice. We were, we were her band. <laughs> so, uh, so, so you're always you know, at, you're always at church and you're always, you know, playing with, uh, with mom and dad's preaching and it's like, it's like a family deal, right? Oh yeah. My brother, you know, he was, he was a piano player and then my two sisters were, uh, singers and so I would either back and forth between guitar and drums and man that was that was childhood that was growing up every Sunday and uh, so I had no choice I was kind of thrown into that just from birth yeah. um, so that's that's pretty much all I knew you know I, I didn't know anything else uh, and then I was probably until I was probably like 15 uh I would I would start bands with my cousins and, and they were just you know terrible bands because <laughs> it's your first time ever playing music. Um, so my first instrument was actually drums and I love playing drums. And uh, so any chance now I can I'll try and fake being a drummer, but I'm definitely nowhere nowhere where I would like to be. You know, um, so I would start bands with my cousins and uh, I kind of realized after that. No one was really looking at the drummer. Everyone was looking at the guitar player. So my uh, 16-year-old self said, man, I got to get away from these drums. And, uh, <laughs> now, I have to ask you a question. I gotta be- did, did, any of these, did any of these cousin bands have a name? Oh, yeah, they did. You wouldn't want to ever listen to it because it's the worst <laughs> thing of all time. Um, yeah, it was like those... They were the, the dumbest names of all time. You ready for these? They, they are... Uh, it was like that time where everything rock was like super emotional and like emo and all that kind of stuff. So we definitely felt like uh, the one one of our band names was Roses Fell Silent. Wow! Brutal. No, that's that's deep. Brutal. No, that's deep, man. <laughs> it's deep, but it's it's awful. <laughs> so yeah, I just I decided to pick up guitar uh, for kind of the wrong reasons because I noticed. I noticed all the girls were looking at my cousin playing guitar, and I said, "Man, I got to get in on that." <laughs> and uh, yeah, because you know when you're so, like, when you're on the drums, you know you're you're all back there and you're hidden. No one's paying attention to you until you like totally mess up. Uh, yeah. Oh I, yeah, I was you know, I was the sweaty guy playing drums. No one wants to look at this the uh, overly sweaty guy <laughs> playing drums. Oh, uh, funny. So anyway, uh, so, back to uh, back to your history. Yeah, Sorry. yeah. No, no. Uh, so I started playing guitar, and uh, I always loved and was so interested in uh, songwriting and kind of expressing, uh, no matter where you're at in life, songwriting was always the key for me to, to do that. Uh, so that's when I started really diving into songwriting uh, for the bands I was in and different kind of stuff like that. Um, but my heart always kind of came back to worship. And... Uh, so inside of leading uh, at worship with my parents, uh, I would kind of throw my parents these song ideas and say, hey, maybe we can incorporate these uh, into services or into programs. Uh, and they were cool enough to, you know, uh, be nice enough to be like, yeah, we'll, we'll entertain that for you. Cool. Uh, so that's kind, of, that's kind of where it all started. So you were uh, Zach. You were as a as a teenager, uh, as the son of a pastor and a uh, music pastor. You were writing songs for the church even as a teenager. Is that correct? 
Yeah, yeah. They would. I would ask my parents to say, "Hey, is there any chance you know you can fit uh, a song in?" And this is like, I don't know if you guys still do this, but we've kind of shied away. Like churches used to do like specials and like offering songs and stuff like that. Um, so they would kind of you know be really nice parents and throw me a bone <laughs> and say, "All right, you can you can do a song in like a month." And uh, so I would practice and write and get these songs together. Uh, and they kind of they kind of gave me that first little chance to uh, kind of do some stuff, you know, outside of outside of writing songs in your bedroom. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, they kind of they kind of were the ones, and they still are the ones to push me and say just in those areas where you're learning, just to try it. You know what I mean? So it was they they're really big. They were a really big part of that growth process. Cool. That was great. That's nice to have that support growing up. Oh man, yeah, they're they're the best. So even now, they're still cheering me on, saying "Keep going, do do stuff that you wouldn't think about doing, or try new things, or stuff like that." So yeah, they're amazing. Nice. So Zach, let's talk a little bit about the album. First of all, uh, why don't you share uh, with the listeners a uh, title of the album and uh, a little bit of your inspiration behind uh the album you know why you started writing it and kind of the journey that you took to um uh to create that album yeah yeah uh the album is called captivate and uh it was released uh one month ago on january 15th uh we released it under influence music and uh i've been i've been on staff at a church here in cleveland uh for five years and uh, so our pastor uh, is kind of, he's super, his heart is to raise up leaders, to raise up artists, even uh, in the arts and different areas like that. So for the past probably two years, uh, he's been like, you know, we, we need to really cultivate the songwriting aspect uh, and just see what God does with it. Um, so it was never really on the radar to... Uh, release an album to try and push start a career from the church or anything like that. It was really just, let's see what God does with these songs and let's be diligent on our part uh, and just be faithful to the call that God's put out on us as a church and on me as an individual. Uh, so, yeah, we released it a month ago, and uh, it's a really, really exciting experience and a different experience because... Uh, like I said, it wasn't a thought to do an album a while ago. Um, so the album is produced. So we spent two years. I'll back up. We spent two years working on it, uh, and I met with our producer. Uh, his name is John Hartley. And he's worked with a ton, a ton of different artists, um, Chris Tomlin and Matt Redman and Delirious. And so we met with him like a year and a half ago. And I was really super nervous because I knew he who he had worked with, and I was excited just to meet the guy, really, because I was a fan more than anything. <laughs> and uh, so I said, I sat down with him, and I said, listen, I really feel like uh, it's time for me to work hard towards a project and see what God has, um, and even just hone songwriting skills. And uh, so he kind of came alongside of me as a mentor, and... So for the first uh, year, I told him, I said, listen, I'm going to send you one song a day for a year. And I would love for you to tell me if they're awful and if they're great. 
uh, and just kind of helped me critique that skill. So for a year, I sent him uh, one song a day, and he would respond back uh, either, yeah, it's really good, or uh, it's the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> so so sorry. So inside of that process, go ahead. No, sorry, I, I, not to interrupt you. You said you were you were sending him one song a day. So were you literally writing a song a day? Yeah, our pastor here is super cool. So I told him, I said, I said, listen, I need a space uh, at the church that I can record ideas and do demos. So I kind of took over a space on the other side of where the all the offices were, so I can make noise and no one would be bothered. Uh, wow. So I really stuck to my guns, and I said, listen, I'm going to send you... And they weren't, like, full songs. They were just, like, ideas. Right, right, uh, just demos and ideas and kind of, you know, kind of rough recordings of things that were rattling oh, around in super, your head. Super, super rough. Even, you know, using your iPhone for voice memos, just sending stuff. Uh, so I was just constantly trying to get in that mode of flexing that songwriting muscle. Uh, so, yeah, that was, for a whole year, I sent him... Every day, an idea. Um, so inside of that, for the album, we we wrote 64 uh, full songs. Wow! For the album, that that's and like then, uh, that, that's like four or five albums. Like you can <laughs> you can bust out a couple of different yeah. albums with that. I don't know, do some like B sides or something like that. <laughs> wow, Zach. Um, so, so sounds you know sounds like you had just a, a tremendous uh, amount of support from the church, uh, which is really exciting. And you know, I, I think there's probably a lot of worship leaders out there um, that you know perhaps might envy you know a little bit that that position of being yeah. able to write. But one of the things that you said that I thought was really important for songwriters, and, and David and I have done a couple podcasts on. Uh, songwriting. In fact, uh, we did an entire series on uh, Paul Balash's book called God Songs, um, which is yeah, a, yeah. a great book on on actually writing you know, music. Uh, anyway, but you said something that I just wanted to hone in on, and you talked about uh, writing a song every day, not necessarily full songs, but just flexing and working out the muscle of songwriting. And I think that's really mm-hmm. a key thing, right? To be able to, if you're going to be a songwriter, you got to get in the practice of actually being creative and writing things and doing that as a discipline almost. Yeah, it has to be a daily thing. Just, uh, just like anything else, if you want to, if you want to get better at it, or and songwriting is one of those things. Like some days, it's the best thing in the world, and you can have those, you know, those moments of where it feels really easy. Uh, but then there's days, which it's more, more days than not of days where you, uh, songwriting can be the most frustrating and hardest thing too. Um, yeah, but for me, for me, I'm, I'm a very, very laid back individual. Like I just kind of, things just kind of let go. Nothing. I don't really get stressed out about things or so things can kind of, I can kind of let things go without really working at it. And I knew songwriting for me, was going to be a thing where it had to be a daily, uh, a daily, almost ritual of, hey, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to get, get with God, and uh, it kind of became more of a devotional time, and even those moments of uh, just worship more than anything. 
of really experiencing God's presence by myself and just saying, Jesus, I don't want these songs to be just lyrics to where people forget about them or they go, oh, that's really, really clever. Uh, rather, I wanted these songs uh, to really have God's presence on them where people could feel uh, Him and uh, you know experience His love or experience a new thing about God that they haven't before. Um, so that was my heart and my prayer going into the writing of this album. Cool. Let's dig into the album a little bit and uh, and yeah. kind of start at the beginning and probably won't have time to go through every track, track by track, but we can kind of get, get the general idea for listeners. Yeah, uh, real quick, Zach, I, I got to uh, just interject here. You know, you were talking about your producer who uh, had worked with Delirious and uh, it's funny you say that because on my notes here, I, I was taking notes as I was listening to your album. <clears throat> Excuse me. And there was a couple of songs actually that really reminded me of Delirious. Hmm. Um, the uh, the very first track on your album, Mountain of God, uh, totally had yeah. that. Um, did you feel the Mountain Tremble vibe? Like uh, it, it just. It yeah, just yeah. And I'm listening to that. I'm like, oh, man, that's taking me all the way back to, um, uh, was it uh, that, that album, uh, Cutting Edge, or um, what was the name of that album? Yep. Was that was yeah. that the name? Uh, Live and in the Can, I think that that's the one I knew from. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and um, uh, I remember Delirious really came into prominence. Uh, they came out with this two-disc album. Um, yeah, yeah, and it was Cutting Edge, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it was the last track on that second disc. Um but then, where was it? Uh, track twelve in the stillness. Uh, that one yeah. had a, a lot of um, not exactly the this you know not exactly the same, but it reminded me of "Lord, You Have My Heart." You know that that old delirious song, and uh, just yeah, yeah. really simple lyrics. Um, you know that idea that you are for me, you are for me, um, and and uh, I'm listening to this and and I'm hearing some of these kind of delirious. Uh, themes in there, so really interesting that you pointed out your producer worked with Delirious. Hmm. Yeah, we actually um, the title track, our, the producer we worked with, uh, he actually like when Delirious kind of came over and they kind of broke ground, uh, were doing their thing. Uh, he really helped out um, Martin Smith and uh, Stu G on the the just kind of being family in the States when they were, you know, kind of unknown before they blew up. Um, so the, the title track captivate, uh, Stu G actually co-wrote with me. Uh, so that inside of that whole thing was an incredible experience. Oh, that's cool. Um, <laughs> I mean, cause those guys yeah. are, those guys are legends, you know, like in, in the worship world or, or at least, you know, kind of, you know, uh, that, that, breaking ground type of thing to, to say like, Hey, we can be, you know, a, a a really awesome band, but we can also be very heartfelt and passionate with the, the songs that we're offering to God. Oh yeah. So I I mean, I don't don't know if you guys did, but growing up, that's, that's who, that's all who, one growing up in a pastor's home, we were only allowed to listen to certain things. (laughs) Uh, And I would sneak in things. I would sneak in things I shouldn't have probably, but, uh, uh, I remember listening to Delirious, Delirious as, a, as a kid and thinking, like, these guys are awesome. And so when I when we were presented with the opportunity to do some songwriting with Stu G, at first I kind of lost my mind thinking, like, There's, like, you guys are, like, totally joking. There's no way that he's going to want to write. Um, and then the day came, and uh, I was in Nashville, 
and we we went to his studio, and I was kind of freaking out. I was trying to play it cool, but in my mind, I walked into his you know his studio with with all this old delirious stuff and you know these guitars that I've seen forever and ever on these videos and live live videos. Uh, but but man, like he is the coolest and nicest guy I've ever met. Oh, it's awesome. So, and and in the so whole, a, the whole time you're like trying not to geek out, like you're trying not to be that oh, guy. <laughs> I was no, I kind of went in totally being that guy, <laughs> and uh, think you know because they you know he had his you know little not little there's you know these albums that were massively influencing on me, and uh, then I see these you know his gold and there's a platinum album on the wall, and but. He was he was such a good guy and so cool. So I I kind of went in thinking, what in the world am I gonna do with CG or what kind of songs are we gonna write? Uh, so I just said, listen, I have this really really small chorus idea, which was the first half of the course of Captivate, and uh, and I you know I kind of went in with you know my voice was shaking and thinking like I'm with you know. Christian music royalty, and he's gonna go. He's gonna go. This guy doesn't have it. Or this guy is gonna be terrible. Uh, but I played him the song, and it was a really, really cool moment because you could really feel uh, his Stu's acceptance of me, and then Jesus's presence in his studio. Cause it, and we just we started writing, and uh, the first songwriting session was four hours, and we wrote two songs together. Mm. Wow. Um, so I told him. I said, man, I really like, I asked him, I said, this is a long shot. I said, would you consider playing on my album? Oh, man. And, uh, and thinking he'd be like, no, I, you know, I got so much going on. Uh, I think one of the guys from Hillsong was coming in to work with him the next day. And I'm thinking, there's no way. So shockingly and thankfully, he said, yes, he would love to. Uh, so he played guitar on two of the tracks uh, and then co-wrote the title track with me, dude. Uh, so just, just crazy stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah, that that is so cool. I mean, what a what a great opportunity, you know. <laughs> and and uh, boy, yeah, to be able to write music with uh, the Delirious guys, have them play, uh, oh, yeah. man, that's awesome. That's uh, that's a great story. Hey, so we're running out of time here. I want to I want to hit a couple of these songs um, that for me personally, uh, I thought were great. Uh, the first one, Mountain of God, I already mentioned it. Uh, love loved that song. Uh, you know, it, it it had that that delirious. You know, did you feel the mountain tremble vibe? Uh, uh, but another one. Whoop, got it. Are you still there? Is he gone? Are you there? Hey, there, guys. So, yeah. <laughs> sorry, we're back in. We'll we'll edit that part out. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, okay, and we'll pick up right now. Um, Mountain of God, yeah, great. Um, great song already mentioned uh it has that wonderful delirious um uh vibe to it and it, it it just it's a great uplifting song it's got just that great kind of quarter note pulsing groove to it uh but yeah. w- one of the songs that i really loved man um uh the third song you are here 
Uh, super yeah. great vibe. Uh, you know, that whole theme, you know, the unchanging God. Uh, it, 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 it's just a, a really wonderful corporate worship song. Like, I was listening to it, and I'm thinking, you know, I, I could really... I could really see us singing this at our church, which, um, you know, question I had for you, how many of these songs are you doing at your church currently? Uh, right now we're probably doing about half the album. Uh, one, because I think a lot of people, the people to learn new songs. It's where they're not looking at screens and they can really enter in. Yeah. Um, and then two, our, we have four different campuses for our church. So it's a matter of uh, getting these songs and helping the musicians to learn them more than anything. So Zach, I was curious, um, which song or songs, if there's a couple have really resonated with uh, the people in your church, which ones are are people really connecting with on this album? Uh, There's a track on there. It's called be still my soul. Yeah. We, we do that one a lot because it kind of came out of a spot of um, along the process of songwriting, a family in our church, uh, their their son is a, they're an older couple. Their son their son was actually uh, he was actually murdered, and it was a huge tragedy inside of our church. Like obviously, and uh, so inside of that whole process of the funeral and different things. I still remember the one day uh, the the dad brought the other siblings into the sanctuary, and you know, just hysterically crying. And um, he gathered them and he said, "Just be still." As he's holding his family, he's you know, he's he's being the leader of his family. And so this phrase of one, be still in the presence of God. Be still in in those moments that are insanely crazy. Um, no matter what, he's still good and he's in control. So through that process, I was just sitting there and I said, I have to, have to write something uh, out of this. So I was just saying, God, you got to give me words. So I took took this idea to uh, some songwriters in Nashville, Benji Cowart and uh, Dwayne Larian, and I said, here's this idea. And uh, they just kind of grasped onto it, and they loved it. And we wrote just kind of the frame around um, the chorus will be still my soul, that when the waters rise, that you're in control. So it could have easily been this kind of low-key, more somber, you know, be still my soul. But I said, why don't we take it and make it a declaration and make it... um, uh, something more upbeat of yeah side of the craziness, like let's celebrate that he's in control. You know, and honestly, that's one of the things I really enjoyed about that song. You know, the notes that I wrote for that one, first of all, it's a very singable song. You know, great yeah. corporate song, uh, but it's just what you said. Uh, it had this great straight ahead upbeat rock groove, which I think mm-hmm. it is. You know, y- you think of um, yeah, be still my soul. You know, you, you think of these kind of, you know, soft, tender, melancholy type of things. And and uh, yet this song is almost in a way a celebration. It, it, you know, it, it's, yeah. it's saying like, yes, like, like, I I will, like, I will recognize that, that God is in control, you know. Um, so I thought that yeah. was a really cool thing. Um, one, one final, uh, song that I had to mention that, um, I, I really just personally connected with, 
uh, was uh, track nine, My Heart, Your Home. Uh, I think that's yeah, another, yeah. another great corporate song. Uh, you know, reminded me a lot of, um, you know, almost like a like a Hillsong United, uh, Inside Out or Forever Rain or one of those kind of songs. Uh, that that yeah. is just a very meaningful, uh, a meaningful, you know, worship song, you know, to, to be able to say like, like, this is my heart, you know, uh, and, and yeah, I thought it was just a really great song. So thank you for that song. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah, it is the process of this whole album has been really cool because um, uh, my friend John Harley, who produced it, just put me in contact with a lot of different songwriters uh, around the country. So uh, I got to write that song with uh, a worship leader named Lindsay Potter out of um, Washington, D.C., and she just kind of took her spin with it, and she said, like, because you never know as a songwriter, you you think every song you write is the best song that is you know ever created, <laughs> right? Uh, and, until someone else hears it and they go, eh, that's not that good, and then it breaks your heart, <laughs> and then it breaks your heart. Yeah, then the reality hits in, like, oh, maybe it's not that good. Uh, so I, I gave Lindsay this idea. I said, I think we have just to write about uh, how God takes takes us and. You know he's he's living inside of us. Like we are the carriers of his presence. We are his voice in the world. Like, but it's always a constant. God created me a clean heart. Like, let me be able to be hear you clearly, see you clearly. Uh, so I'm really excited the way that came out. And it's funny. Like we when we recorded the song, uh, I was playing it. You know, I was showing the musicians, and I was like, here's here's their thought process, and. Um, the bass player, Chad Carruthers, he's like, I, well, what about this idea? And he started with that bass intro, and it was so left field of what the first thought was. and But it, it just kind of created this vibe and this moment to where I think it came out really, really well. And it was something that I wouldn't have thought, thought about. Um, so the community of people speaking into this album, it was it has never, ever been... Uh, me controlling this thing or me dictating like, like, no, I want it my certain way. Uh, it's been really com- like a communal based on every aspect from our church, from the musicians, from people that influence music, like make it a team, a team effort more than me trying to uh, control every situation. Yeah. Well, that's great, Zach. Uh, thanks uh, for being faithful in the process. I think that's, uh, it's great to, it's great to hear someone talking about, uh, writing an album and not, a, not making it all about, uh, them not making it all about how great I am. Uh, yeah. 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 I, I, I'm Zach Loomis. Everybody should go listen to my album. Cause I'm awesome. You know, and that's, <laughs> yeah. not, <laughs> that's not what we're hearing, yeah. you know? And, um, no, I, you know, I, I think, uh, I think that gets old so quick, and I think people see through that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my heart is uh, definitely the opposite of just like coming together as a church body, and then as a church body around the world, uh, like letting these songs never be about Zach Loomis because that that stays goes away very very quick. Right. Now that let these songs stand on their own, and like you experience Jesus through these songs and not experience another person trying to be another person, you yeah, know? Yeah. 
Well, uh, one last time for our listeners, can you uh, let us know where we can go find out more information about you, follow you on social media, and get your album? Yeah, yeah. The, my website is ZachLumis.com. Uh, it's all iTunes, and uh, you can go to, like, Target.com, BestBuy.com, all these carriers. Uh, we've been blessed to work uh, with Sony Provident and Nashville, and they're helping uh, with the distribution side of getting these songs to different venues. Um, and as far as social media goes, Instagram and Twitter, uh, it's at I am Zach Loomis. And so you can check me out and then communicate that way. Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Zach, for your time. And, uh, that's all the time we have for this episode. We're going to, uh, wrap this one up, but any last thoughts you want to share? Yeah. Again, uh, some some things, Zach, that really resonated with me about being a songwriter. Uh, thank you for sharing just that modeling, that example of just writing a song just to get in the exercise of, of working out that muscle in your brain. And then really appreciate uh, these songs that uh, you're writing for your church that um, are being sung in your church. And uh, uh, I'm convinced that these will be songs that um, will be sung in other churches and a couple of those ones in particular I mentioned, uh, I think are just really great songs for the church. So thank you. Oh, thank you guys. Appreciate that. And if you, uh, if you had one, uh, one word of encouragement you could give to worship leaders and songwriters around the world, uh, what would it be, Zach? Wow. That's a big question. Um, <laughs> not to put you on the spot yeah. or anything. But yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it's one, the keep your heart soft and keep your skin tough, and uh, no matter what, especially as far as worship leading, uh, it's 100% just relationships with your teams, uh, with your pastor, uh, just be as unified as possible, uh, because out of that unity, God's presence can flow. Um, so just be just being aware of that would probably be where God is speaking in my heart right now. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for listening to another episode of the Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast. Uh, we'll be back shortly with another uh, another interview and uh, a lot of great stuff coming down the pipeline for you. Um, make sure you're following us online, www.worshipministrycatalyst.com for all the uh, latest articles and other insights that uh, our guest authors are contributing and, and uh, stuff that's going up there. You can uh, follow us on Facebook. Uh, facebook.com slash worship ministry catalyst twitter.com slash wm catalyst and uh, we love it if you leave a review on itunes and uh, let people know what your experience with the podcast was and uh, leave a review that helps other uh, worship leaders worship team members songwriters uh, be able to decide if this might be a helpful resource to them so that's all the time we have we'll talk to you again soon bye-bye Twitter.com slash WM Catalyst. Facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst. <laughs>